0: Hi I'm Linda and I'm Craig and this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com
1: This is episode 109 and today we're talking about different transport options for travellers
0: We're not talking about how to get around your destination because usually once you've got there you can either walk or take public transport or a taxi What we're talking about is how to get from country to country or from city to city
1: And this week we've gone from city to city in a uh, spaceship camper van We've come down from Auckland to Tauranga where we're spending some time with friends
0: Yeah, we're in Papamoa, actually, and the weather's been really, really beautiful in the English sense of the word, as in it's clear and gorgeous, but as soon as you step outside, you know all about it.
1: Yeah, it's freezing cold. There was frost all over the ground this morning, and it doesn't help me, you know, get out of bed.
0: No, this morning wasn't very fun. I was kind of (laughs) encouraging Craig with, you know, the tips of my fingers. Yeah, (laughs) the cold tips.
2: (laughs) Sweet. Well, before we get into this podcast, let's hear from our sponsor, Boots and All. G'day, my name is Sean Keener, I'm the CEO of the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're really excited to be affiliated with Linda and Craig and their Indie Travel Podcast. The Boots and All Travel Network is a series of about 50 travel websites that is focused on mainly independent travelers, so please come visit us at www.bootsandall.com. That's B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L.com. Cheers!
0: Okay, so we thought we'd start with the most basic and move up to the more complicated different types of uh, transport. So number one is walk.
1: Yeah, walk.
0: That's right. You can walk from country to country or city to city, no problem. If you've got a lot of time. <laughs> yes, this is right. I mean, it's not the most popular of choices for obvious reasons, but it really is a great way to see the countryside of the country that you're in.
1: Yeah. Now we have to put in a bit of a disclaimer and say that we like uh, hiking. So for what some people might call fun, we'd often (laughs) go out walking in the forest or up a mountain for a couple of days. But we've actually really enjoyed walking around parts of Europe as well.
0: Yeah, one of our, well, two of our favourite experiences. One was the West Highland Way in Scotland, which goes from Glasgow up to Fort William. And another one was the Camino de Santiago, which basically goes just right across the top of Spain. And they were amazing. I mean, you do walk through major cities or small towns, depending on where you're going. And um, if the starting point and the ending point are places you want to see, then this is a really good way to see them.
1: Yeah, I really like being able to kind of walk with people for a couple of days. There's always a nice trail community. And I think you get a really good view of um, of the places that you're traveling in because you're going so slowly. Um, I wouldn't be so pretentious as to say you really understand it, but
0: you, um, you know... You, you just get a different view. You get a very Walking nice view. Walking into a city gives you a completely different view than flying into it, driving into it, or anything else. Mm. One thing you do need to be aware of is cutting your baggage down to carrying weight. When we're on the Westland Way, we, and, and it's Camino Santiago, so many people had far too much stuff and they were just in pain the whole time. A good rule of thumb is... Um, is it one tenth of your body weight? Yeah, or ten, a maximum of eight kilos.
1: 10 to 15% of your body weight is kind of the maximum for walking, depending for on. For long term walking. For long term walking, yeah. yeah.
0: If you're just doing a day trip or two days. I mean, we had really heavy bags for the, for the West Island Way, and that was all right because we were carrying a sleeping bag and everything mm-hmm. in a tent.
1: Well, close to walking, but um, a little bit faster, is biking around the place.
0: Yeah, cycling becoming a really popular way to explore regions, and you can also use it as your main mode of transport. One good thing about cycling is that um, lots of trains will allow you to take your bike on. So if you wanted to catch the train to one point and then cycle back to your original destination, that's a good way to go.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's also helpful if there's, uh, say, a mountain range that you need to get over. Yes. Yep. You can just (laughs) break up your journey a little bit. (laughs) Cycle to one side, catch a train through, or uh, if there's a less uh, desirable place that you need to get through, um, that's perfect um, motorbike.
0: Yeah, this was made famous by Che Guevara and also by other celebrities hopping on motorbikes and driving cross-country.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, there's far too many TV series of people. This is true. Let's yeah. cross Africa by motorbike. Ooh, let's cross America by motorbike. Ooh, let's cross Australia by motorbike.
0: But that said, it is quite a good way to travel. Well, I wouldn't do it because I don't like motorbikes, but, you know, you've got a bit more flexibility. You drive, go a lot faster than than on a regular bike. And I think you've got more packing space.
1: I reckon an interesting reality TV series would be to put like a dozen people on motorbikes at one side of Antarctica and get them (laughs) to find Scott Base. Now that would be a, you know, a survivor.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no. On these shows, people are supposed to live. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, when you're you're going by motorbike, make sure you're aware of um, distances and where the next petrol station is.
1: Oh yeah, because running out of petrol is no fun.
0: So, moving on from there is travelling by car. Now, you can travel by car in lots of different ways. Either buying a car, hiring a car, or even hitchhiking. So there are there are lots of options. Um, it depends on how long you're staying in your a destination. If you're coming somewhere like here, in New Zealand, buying a car is a pretty good option because it's the best way to get around. You can see a lot more, you can stop when you want to, and the distances are quite long. However, hiring a car can also be a good option if you're not staying long enough to warrant buying something. Also, when you're buying something, you need to consider laws like what forms you have to fill in, what things you need to do, warrant of fitnesses, registrations, all of those things. So hiring a car cuts out all of that kind of information.
1: Yeah, thinking back a couple of weeks ago when we were speaking to Travelers Autobahn about the fantastic thing. Uh, that interview is almost ready to go on site. And so if you are coming down to Australia or New Zealand, um, but especially Aussie, it's got lots of great information on things to look out for when you're buying a car. And um, yeah, just things to be careful of when you're doing long distance trips. So that'll probably be published this coming week.
0: Another thing to think about before you buy or hire a car is the road rules. Because sometimes there are weird ones that you wouldn't have thought of. Like in New Zealand, when you're turning left... It's completely different to the rest of the world, um, who has right of way. So it's worth reading up on rules like that before you start driving so that you don't get into a big, horrible crash.
1: Yes, that is pretty nasty. Uh, And then there's hitchhiking, which has been a time-honoured form of budget and independent travel. Um, But do be aware of the risks. Um, Travel in pairs, and remember, I don't want to have to say I told you so if anything bad happens.
0: Yes, I read somewhere that if you are hitchhiking... The best combination is a guy and a girl. So then you've got kind of the security aspect of the other sex, and also people are more likely to pick you up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Travelling by camper van is a possibility. I've taken to calling them tourist tanks, which is a little bit unfair. but um... They
0: are quite large and unwieldy, except for cool ones like Spaceship. Mm-hmm. I really like spaceships. They're so cool. They're, they're basically a converted people mover. So it's a car, but it's got sleeping space in the back. And quite a lot of camper vans these days are, are that kind of basic sleeping area so that you can drive around like you're driving a car but you've got a fridge maybe a dvd player maybe uh, good music um, space for cooking equipment and you can sleep in it unlike the traditional kind of camper vans which are huge you've got the kitchen sink the toilet the shower i don't really see the point in all that kind of stuff you might as well just do that Yeah, I think it
1: depends on what you want. But um, yeah, it is good to know about these smaller options, the vans and the people movers that are converted to sleep in. Yeah. Because yeah, they're cheaper, they're definitely lighter on fuel and um, you can accelerate. That's right. Which is a great advantage.
0: When you're looking for a camper van, it's worth considering all of these factors. How big or small is it? How much space do you want? Um, What's the price? What's the fuel economy? And what facilities does it have? Do you really want a toilet? Then a spaceship isn't going to do for you. But if you're just looking for something that you can drive around like a car and then sleep in if you want to, then a small vehicle would be best.
1: Some of the traps that uh, people fall into in hiring a vehicle is uh, looking at the daily price instead of the actual drive-away price. Mm. So that's something to um to ask for when you're ringing up, getting quotes and checking out prices. What's the drive-away cost of the vehicle? Yeah. What's the insurance excess and what are you covered for? Can you buy out your insurance and at what price? And then you've got to kind of weigh up the risk of the country you're driving in against uh, what you, or how long you're having the vehicle and and just do the maths yourself. Yeah, this is um, for
0: camper vans or for hire cars. It's amazing. Some companies will just keep charging extra things for you. They say, okay, it's $20 a day. But then when you actually go in, it's $20 a day, plus so much for mileage, plus so much for tax, plus so much for insurance. And it works out to $50 a day and you haven't got a good deal at all. No, that's right. So, um, shall we move away from the roads then? Yes, let's go to water. So, you can also travel by boat. Now, we we'll lump all this together, even though there are so many different types of boats. There's you know, ferries, there's cruisers, there's yachts, there's canal boats, there's dinghies, there's inflatable rubber boats, there's kayaks, there's <laughs>
1: what? How many people do you know that travel the world in an inflatable rubber boats? I
0: don't know.
1: We did meet a guy the other day with the uh, mono. We met someone who knew this guy that had a, a fold-up kayak.
2: That's so, so
1: cool. Yeah, his kayak fit in his, uh, his suitcase. And when he got to a place, he basically had a day bag with his clothes in it that he carried on the plane, and then he had this um, this suitcase-sized bag which had a kayak in it, so he could fly to an island, unpack the kayak, and, um, you know, kind of put it all together and get off and
0: start island hopping. Great. That was awesome. Well, anyway, probably the the most likely one you'll be traveling on is ferry. There are lots of different ferries. Some ferries are just a one minute hop across from one island to another. Others are an eight hour epic journey from one country <laughs> yeah. to another. And there might be sleeping facilities on this kind of ferry or they might not. Mm. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of variation, but yeah. uh, being aware of your susceptibility to seasickness is probably a good idea. Take some fishermen's friends with you. If you're not sure. Fisherman's friends are throat lozenges. Yeah, but they, they, that's what my mum always took when she felt a little bit sick. Really? Yep.
1: That's, weird i know oh well uh we're off to tonga uh tomorrow saturday and so it's going to be good i'm hoping that we'll be on some ferries
0: i think or, the distance uh, is quite yacht. long though i'm not sure yeah we oh, haven't really done much research
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: better find out tonight another way to travel by boat is to um hire a private boat either um like a yacht or a canal boat like we did in france or just some sort of sailing trip of some description. Of course, this can get pretty expensive.
1: Pretty expensive, yeah. It's not your general budget traveler uh, option, but it is great for independent travel, because you can go wherever you want. Yeah. Um,
0: if you get a big enough group together, it might not be yeah. unreasonable. I know,
1: especially off the uh, the bottom of Greece there, there's a whole market designed to help tourists get their own boats and not get too lost. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's lots of fun. I mean, a couple of days, but
0: yeah, yeah. good and fun. And also, of course, you could do a cruise, which pretty much isn't independent travel at all in any way, shape or form. But you might want to just take the weight off your feet and have someone else do all the work for you.
1: Yeah. Now, I've heard uh, Chris Christensen, amateur traveller, talks about these barefoot cruises. Yeah, they Which are kind good. of relaxed cruises for the kind of... I don't know, 20 to 30-year-old age bracket. Mm-hmm. So they're more relaxed, they're cheaper, and, you know, it just sounds like fun rather than state formality and casino gambling.
0: This is true. And, I mean, there are some cruises that will just have the perfect itinerary for you. You want to mm. go to six different islands, and it might be the easiest way to do it because they've got the perfect itinerary. So don't discount it and um, just make sure you look into the culture of it before you book it. Yeah,
1: Now, one way that's kind of a cross between hiring a boat and having a cruise ship is going by a freighter.
0: Oh yeah, this is true.
1: So what you can do is most freight ships have private berths that you can book, and you book it as a passenger, so you're not working your passage. But um, it can work out cheaper than, well, some other options. It's certainly not cheap.
0: No, when I did some research on this, it was around 80 US to $100 US a day. Which sounds like a lot, but when you consider how long the trip is, um, accommodation for that number of nights, it also includes food usually. So if you were going to book a flight and stay for that number of nights, it works out about the same, I think. It's, no. not, it's not the cheapest option, but it would be a really interesting way to see.
2: See. The sea.
0: The sea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not a lot else happening there.
0: Before we go any further, let's hear this from our sponsor.
2: G'day, this is Sean from Boots and All again, and we're at about the halfway point for today's Indie Travel Podcast. I wanted to share with you a part of Boots and All that I thought many of you would enjoy. It's called Boots and All Today. We feature 10 to 15 travel news and travel feature articles from around the web every day. Come check it out at www. B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L dot com slash today. Cheers. Well, back
1: to um, some of our old favorites or um, old necessities maybe oh, is yeah. um, the bus or coach networks. Now, these vary wildly from place to place. And we found, especially in Europe, sometimes it was better to take a train. Other times it was certainly better to jump on a bus.
0: And sometimes it was much, much easier than either option just to hop on a budget flight. Yeah. It was amazing. You really need to research, do a bit of research before you book anything. But buses were quite good because we could book well in advance. And we sometimes got bus tickets for $1 or £1, depending on where we were. And, um, for example, we went from London all the way up to Aberdeen for, was it £2 each?
1: I think it was, yeah, I think it was £4 total. Yeah. No, that's... Cheap. It's a really, you, you, that was you a can't really long a, trip. You can't even get a McDonald's burger for that, and that's going almost the entire length of the country.
0: It was, what time do we leave? It was, I think it was, Yeah, it was about 12 hours. It wasn't <laughs> the most comfortable of trips. In fact, we've done that trip far too many times. Either Glasgow to London, London to Glasgow, or London to Aberdeen, or back. I think we must have done it five or six times on Megabus or National Express. And, if you can avoid it please just avoid it because it's a really long trip. But they, I mean, it's not, not too uncomfortable, really. It's just
1: long. Yeah. So remember, the secret here is book in advance to get the cheap tickets because your on-the-day prices are not going to be cheap.
0: Yeah. Now, there are lots of different companies in different countries that offer this kind of thing. We came back to New Zealand and realized that New Zealand had started up a low-cost bus network, which we were really excited about, called Naked Bus. However, when I looked on um, on the website, I couldn't find any. Tickets that were cheap enough for me, so <laughs> I think yeah. I might have to look a bit more in advance.
1: Yeah, so I think Megabus works in uh, the UK and yeah. in the States. Um, we didn't find any low-cost um, carriers in most of Europe. There no, were a couple here yet. and there, mm. but uh, Aussie there was none. So yeah, just keep an eye out for alternative bus networks.
0: Sometimes even the kind of the national bus network will have cheap deals, like National Express in the UK. Again, if you booked far enough in advance, they quite often have cheap deals. I think we got from Glasgow to London, again, for £4, and from London to Canterbury quite often for about £4 as well, Mm, which wasn't bad at all, considering it was usually around, I don't know, £25 or something like that, which was well outside of our budget. Also, in some countries like Turkey, long-distance buses are the most common way of travelling city to city. Also, I think going from Poland to Lithuania, places like that, there's just no other option. Well,
1: certainly bit out the train network, which was catch the train to the border town, cross the border on foot, get on another train.
0: Yes, this is true. So, I mean, sometimes they're really comfortable as well. I've really enjoyed traveling by bus in Turkey. We traveled overnight and uh, there was always the driver and then there was like a host, usually a young guy, and he'd come around and give you a cup and um, either a tea bag or a thing of Instant coffee, coffee. yeah. And um, you'd come around with hot water and you'd have your hot coffee or tea and biscuits and all sorts of things. It was great.
1: Wake you up when you got to your stop and, yeah, just really looked after.
0: Yeah, it was really nice.
1: Yeah. So on the other side of the the bus and coach coin is the organized tours like Contiki.
0: Piss. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) We're not big fans, but some of our friends have done it and they really enjoyed it. They didn't want the hassle of organizing their own tour. And again, if it's going to all the destinations you want to go to, then it might be worth looking into. However, the price is usually hugely overinflated, and you can usually find cheaper point-to-point tickets by doing it yourself.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the thing here is that they've done the itinerary, they've found the hostels, um, they've organized the accommodation, they've often got restaurants that they take you to. So it's a complete package, and you end up in a a tourist bubble. Mm. So, I mean... It might work for you, um, but it's not something that we have ever enjoyed.
0: A more independent option is the hop-on hop-off type of bus that you can that many bus networks like Australia, New Zealand, or bus about in Europe. They have oh, there's heaps of them. They're all over the place. I think there's one called Baz Bus in South Africa, mm. and um, they basically run a circle loop or different um, bus trips. You can just hop on and hop off whenever you like.
1: Yeah. So you buy your ticket for a time period or for so many sections or for so many sections in a time period. And um, yeah, you just have to be at the right place at the right time to get on and then get off when you want.
0: Yeah. You need to do a little little bit of planning to make sure you know when the buses are arriving. But other than that, you've got a lot more fl- flexibility than something like Kontiki. Mm. Okay. One of our most favorite ways of getting around is by train. I love trains, especially in Europe. They're so great.
1: Well, Western Europe.
0: Yeah, not so fun in, say, Poland, yeah. where it feels like you could be faster walking.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's that cool train that I've seen um, YouTube videos of in India where it is actually faster to walk. <laughs> I believe it's the, uh, the slowest train in the world.
0: It's incredible. And you
1: see people loading cargo onto it as it's actually <laughs> moving. of <laughs> a, a van pull up alongside and, you know would be loading the cargo onto the uh, onto the train, so yeah, not always the fastest mode of transport, but often the most enjoyable.
0: Yeah, they, it's usually more comfortable than travelling on a bus. Not always. Sometimes the uh, the infrastructure of this of the country means that the buses are better, but I really like trains. You've got a bit more freedom. I think you know you can stand up, move around, you can usually go to the toilet, although sometimes they're quite disgusting. And um, there's often. A food cart so you can go and get some food yeah it's just it's just
1: nice that's good i always enjoyed trains which had uh, electricity so oh, yeah um, the austrian you know,
0: train network is great for that
1: austrian swiss german that mm. area um yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> yes so they've um often got electricity in the cabin so you can plug in your laptop and go to work which is quite nice on a longer train journey it's quite nice to have the excuse not to on a shorter one. This is true.
0: One thing I like about trains is the view, because usually you've got a much better view than on a bus. Buses are on the motorways or on the, in the middle of cities, whereas trains take you through the countryside quite often.
1: Yeah, and then this is where our iPods really won the day. Oh, yes. Loading up some uh, free audiobooks from LibriVox. And um, our daily dose of podcasts that downloaded overnight, you just sit on the train and look at the view while (coughs) reading. That's right. uh, Your book.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Because I wanted to, you want to be doing something maybe, but.
1: You want to keep your brain busy, but your eyes looking at the scenery. That's right. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, Sometimes. Second class or even third class are comfortable and clean. Other times you'll be sharing that space with the chickens and local (laughs) farmyard animals and people. That's right. So, um, you know, scope it out locally. And I would recommend getting the cheapest ticket you possibly can for the journey you're doing in comfort.
0: Now, in many, many cases, you can sleep on the train, which might save you a few dollars instead of... Booking a hostel, but not always. We found in Europe, the especially if you had a um, like say a Eurail pass or a regular ticket, you had to pay a supplement to get a couchette tour or a sleeper car, and that supplement was about the same price as a bed in a hostel. So we like to travel overnight to kind of save time when we're in a bit of a rush, but it didn't really save us that much money. No,
1: that's true. Um, one thing to think about there is security. Mm-hmm. I mean. Most of the time it's pretty safe and you'll kind of hear on the circuit if there's been any problems in trains, you know. Um, Maybe someone at your hostel will have heard about a problem or something like that. So you just kind of keep your ears to the ground for security. But, you know, most of the time it's quite safe. Do lock your doors. um, Do keep your bags padlocked. And just, yeah, keep an eye on your valuables. Yeah, we never had any problems
0: sleeping on a train. I mean, we've always booked, I think, a four or six berth compartment. So we've been sharing with strangers and there's never been any problems.
1: Yeah, that's right. And thinking about things like Eurail passes, I think that's a whole other episode, isn't it? We do have something in the archives for that. But, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. There's well, so many options when it comes to tickets, so you really can't go into it. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll cover that in another show, yeah. I think.
0: The basic point is look into how much it costs you. Is it cheaper to buy point-to-point tickets or to get a um a, a pass for what you're going to be doing quite often it's cheaper to get point-to-point tickets mm,
1: that's right so we come to planes
0: planes now it's easy to get anywhere in the world relatively quickly if you travel by plane they're <laughs> very <for> fast.
1: That. <laughs> insightful piece of travel commentary this There, is true
0: but i mean what are you traveling for are you traveling to get to your destination really quickly go by train go by plane if you're traveling to kind of see more then there's lots of better options out there all the ones i have just mentioned, in fact.
1: <laughs> yeah. Possibly isn't the greenest option. I mean, planes do burn a lot of fossil fuel. But that said, I mean, some vehicles probably put out more per kilometer than um, than planes do.
0: This is true. So, I don't know. Well, sometimes there just isn't another option. If you've only got kind of three weeks travel and you live in New Zealand and you need to get to the UK, there's, there's no other way. You can't. You can't just transport yourself there. You need to go on a vehicle, and that vehicle is going to be a plane.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but something like maybe,
0: uh, I don't know, London to Paris? Oh, London to Paris is not only easier to travel by train, it's faster and cheaper usually, because by the time you take into account getting to the airport, going through security, then um, flying, and then going through security on the other side, and then getting out and then getting from the airport to your hotel – Sometimes it's just a lot faster to travel by train.
1: That's right. Security, I won't say it's more lax, but it's certainly quicker um, when you're doing things like that. So most airlines either fall into the traditional airline, the uh, national flag carrier, or the budget airline. Traditional airlines are more expensive, but you normally, not always, get a meal, you get good in-flight entertainment, um, complimentary bar service, and... You know it's nice there's some good wine lists some 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 planes
0: yeah that's delicious but budget airlines are basically flying buses you pay for any unnecessary extras like you know paying my credit card or being able to check in at the airport or taking a bag or in the case of Ryanair going to the toilet completely unnecessary
1: yeah, I'm waiting until they have to start sending in the cleanup crews because someone's too cheap to pay, you know, a couple of Euros to go to the toilet. That's, that's
0: true. <laughs> that was amazing. But um we we have used budget airlines a lot in the past and they vary amazingly. We especially used EasyJet, which we liked, and Ryanair, which we found frustrating. We'll just put it like that, frustrating. The sedander wasn't that good and you know, I hated having to pay extra for everything. Mm. But that said, it was often the only way to get somewhere fast, and they did have a very, very good network. As I mentioned before, if you're p- travelling by plane, another thing to consider when you consider the price is how much it costs to get from the airport into the city. Because quite often the airport is a long way away from the city. Some some airports are great, like Bremen in Germany. You just hop on a tram, that costs you something like one euro twenty, and you're in the city, and it costs, it takes like 10 minutes. But other cities, especially if you're Traveling on a budget airline, the um, the airport might not be anywhere near the city. It might not even be in the same country. Remember when we were flying to uh, Vienna mm-hmm. and um, Ryanair? Yeah, Ryan No, it wasn't Bucharest. No, it was Bratislava. <laughs> that would be seriously.
1: Impressive. That would have been bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. So Ryanair's Vienna airport is actually in Slovakia. <laughs> it was hilarious. So you had not to not in those. Romania though. You got to no. say that for them. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past that. So you had to pay an extra, I don't know what it was, 10, 20 euros just to get into Vienna. And that's pretty common.
1: Yeah. So, of course, there's a myriad of other ways which are only limited by your imagination. Uh, hot air balloon, helicopter, tuk-tuk. Tuk-tuk.
0: <laughs> tuk-tuk. <laughs> yeah, if you're an adventurer, you'll find the most interesting ways to travel country to country or city to city.
1: Yeah. And um, it can be good fun trying to be creative. Um, Trying to find a new way to get across a border.
0: It's quite cool in Europe when you travel from country to country and you're not travelling on a British passport like some people, and you get a stamp in your passport, in each corner it has the method of transport. And I always enjoy I always enjoyed looking to see if there was a new one when I mm. crossed a different way. But I think there was only a boat, a car, a bus and a plane on a train. Yeah, there was a train one. Yeah. And
1: we never crossed a border on foot, but I, I was don't wondering... do think they
0: have a little person walking. I and I'm really... pretty sure they don't have like a parachuting one <laughs> or, you know, a helicopter or a tuk-tuk. That would be great. I, I yeah. think they're limited to the five.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unsure, though, if you do have a European, uh, you know, Schengen visa stamp with a little walking person on it, make sure you uh, add a photo to the Indie Travel Podcast Flickr group. That would be cool. Hey, well, before we finish off, we've got some um, some housekeeping notices to talk about, but uh, let's hear this from our sponsor, Boots & All.
2: G'day. This is Sean from Boots and & All, and I hope you enjoyed today's Indie Travel podcast. Before you go, I'd like to tell you about a contest that we're running at Boots & All. It's called the Travel Stimulus Package. We're giving away a Kindle 2, Nintendo Wii, and other great prizes, over the upcoming six weeks through about June 3rd. So come check out our Travel Stimulus Package Contest on www.bootsnall.com. Cheers!
1: Sweet, so we want to thank Boots and All for sponsoring the Indie Travel Podcast. And uh, yeah, go check them out. Before we finish off, I want to give you some good news. We've started our second season of video podcasts. So a little kind of introductory teaser went out on Tuesday, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to upload the next one from Tonga. Otherwise, there might be a one week delay until we, you know, get the next one out. We're not sure
0: about the internet access over there.
1: Yeah, well, well, we'll be staying anyway. I'm not sure. So we'll wait and see
0: how we go. As always, there's some cool articles coming up on the site, so make sure you drop by IndieTravelPodcast.com and check them out.
1: And before we go, a customer review from the iTunes store. This one's from Dr. Rogue, and it's uh, from July 2008. So it's an oldie, but a goodie. Thanks, Craig. Uh, Dr. Rogue gave us five stars and says, As seasoned travellers, Craig and Linda provide hints and tips for other independent travellers. Their first-hand experience of travelling helps to make this a very useful, easy-to-listen-to podcast. The format is short, to the point, and varies every week. I always look forward to a new show. Keep it up, guys. Cheers. So, thank you, and if you want to leave a review for us, just head to iTunes, uh, find the Indie Travel Podcast Enhanced Show, and click Write a Review. Uh, We always appreciate it.
0: Well, I think that's us for this week. So until next week, travel well.